Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, along with the co-host, Challen Rogers. We are moving on, Rock City. The second round begins this Friday night in Buffalo with game number two on Saturday night back at First Ontario Centre in Hamilton. It's the Rock and the Bandits. It's the best rivalry in the NLL. Right, Chal? It is. It is. Are you excited? Extremely. That's good. How did you feel Saturday night? Let's talk about the game. Halifax Thunderbirds, deja vu, the Rock win again. NLL quarterfinals, the Rocks send the Halifax Thunderbirds home. Um, how did you think things went start to finish? Uh, I thought they went well. I mean, obviously, um, coming out with the win is a little less stressful as last year. Yeah, um, you guys <laughs> made it less stressful for everyone watching as well. Yeah, no, that's what I meant for the fans. Yeah, okay. um, I mean, during the game, I felt like we were confident the whole time and what we were capable of. and. I mean, I think we had a lot of chances there in the first half, and I feel like we could have had more of kind of a gap. But, um, you know, give Warren Hill credit and, and, you know, those millimeters of Craiger being on the crease a few <laughs> times. But, um, yeah. no, uh, just a great game. We, we You know, we stuck with it, and uh, it was great to see us uh, move on. Yeah, I mean, uh, lots of things we can uh, – talk about just out of that answer let's talk about Dan Craig first of all and the number of goals he had disallowed technically and originally I kind of thought it was only three but then you know I was quickly reminded when I read Stephen Stamps article on Isle Indoor that it was actually four because I mean I guess the fourth he could say wasn't really disallowed so to speak I mean it, it was in some sense in that it it was sitting on the goal line that I had forgot he was the one that shot that ball that rolled through Warren Hill, but not all the way into the net. So, you know, he goes from, you know, potentially, like you're saying, millimeters away from a six-goal game (laughs) in the playoffs to a very modest two-goal night that uh, was very typical of of him uh, all season. But um, pretty wild, eh, to have one guy have that many calls. And, you know, all the challenges weren't obviously initiated by by the benches because – you know, some of them were one referee called it a good goal and the other one said, maybe not. We need to take another look at this. Yeah, no. Um, just go back on Craig or like, I mean, yeah, he could have had six goals, but all the little things that that guy does for us is just like, it is incredible. And watching him play, you know, he's stripping guys, he's de- de- sticking guys. Um, you know, he drew a ton of penalties for us. He, he was unbelievable for us. And, um, you know, that's just what you come accustomed to for Dan Craig, the Iceman. Yeah, and I mean, head coach Matt Sawyer speaks of this quite often, that if Dan Craig ended up being a D guy, he might be one of the better defenders in the league as well. He is that good on the other side of the ball too. He is, yeah. I mean, like when, um, whenever I'm playing defense, and this goes back years when since Craig's been on the team, Usually I just like kind of look over there and it's like, oh, it's Craiger and maybe someone's trying to take him one on one. And it's just like, good luck. Like he, he will defend you to the best visibility and his, his best is really good. So, um, yeah, I just love watching that guy play. Yeah. I mean, uh, he has certainly, uh, risen to stardom, you can say over the last two seasons. And it's kind of funny listening to, Dan Dawson, if you rewind the tapes a couple of years ago, he was literally, I think, one of the most vocal ones that said, 
the next breakout guy around here is Dan Craig, and that seems to have happened. And, and you look even at his trajectory to stardom, it's kind of weird because, I mean, he played Shelburne minor lacrosse, not a huge high-end center, ends up going to play Barry Jr. A, where he did win the MVP, finishes up with a playoff run, I think, essentially in Orangeville, goes to Penn State, goes through some injuries, didn't have this, you know, really storied collegiate career, gets drafted in the sixth round. One of the last players selected in his draft. Wasn't even sure if he was going to continue playing lacrosse, period. Never mind trying to make it in the NLL. And then you look at where he is now. It's like it is really a crazy, crazy road that this guy's taken. No, 100%. Um, he's on. We got to get him on. And no, Yeah, well, I'm I thought maybe he was going to be the guest last night, but we had some time changes uh, on Tuesday night with, with getting – with practice and video and all kinds of stuff kind of shifting around a little bit last night. Yeah, that's my goal, though. We're going to get him on, and we'll talk about that entire story because I want to hear it more in depth. Absolutely. Because I think – I mean, I've I've heard bits and pieces of it from him uh, in the past when we've, when we've chatted a little bit, and, I, and I've always kind of said mm-hmm. eventually we got to get you on here to tell this whole story and kind of where you were at and, and whatnot. But uh, there's a guy that is just like, man, like – I, I don't know. It's just that he doesn't bring that same, you know, because he wasn't drafted in the first round. And like I said, he didn't come out as, you know, this huge collegiate star or anything. There was, he doesn't have that, like, you know, the hype train didn't roll for him out of junior and college and everything. It just didn't. Right. And guys selected in the sixth round of the NLL draft don't traditionally <laughs> go on to long careers. Like, there's not a lot of guys I can think of really even off the top of my head, and I'm sure somebody can correct us right away, total access at torontorock.com. But, <laughs> but, you know, a guy like Pat Saunders was was drafted very late. I think he was either the second or the last pick by the Chicago Shamrocks in 2008. And I want to say, and that's one guy who went on to, you know, he was a 40-goal scorer in this league. Didn't have a long career, but, you know, um, definitely – at one time was a premier goal scorer in the league. Um, but not a lot of guys rise to that level out of coming into the sixth round. So Dan Craig is a is a wonderful story. And I think had he come in with more hype, I think people would look at him as a bigger superstar in this league, something that he probably deserves that moniker attached to his name of superstar. Couldn't agree more. Isn't which uh, year was Doss or what round was Doss drafted in? So... Quick fact check. Dan Dawson, sixth round, 68th overall in the 2001 draft. Knew it. So there you go. He was a sixth rounder. You know, Dawson is a guy, actually, you know, his junior career, like he'll tell you, wasn't spectacular. He kind of broke out right at the end of his junior career. And then things went pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say so. Uh, Yeah, second best, (laughs) I guess, all time, I guess, if you want to talk points and uh, production and that kind of thing. So, um there, there's stories littered around there, but I think when we get to like the, you know talking about the end of the draft, or I'm wondering if there's a guy who was a free agent that never that was never drafted. I'm sure there were, especially in the earlier days of the league, but recently, I'm not sure if there's like a free agent like other than a guy Tom. who plays for us, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but even then, like he had the college like hype, right? Right. I guess it's pretty hard to really be like a virtual no name and make it in the NLL, but. Uh, yeah, I guess Tom would be a big one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was not drafted. Yeah. Right in our backyard here. 
and say that with confidence. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's one. There we go. <laughs> we got to do some more research. Yeah, we should have done some more research before we went down that uh, rabbit hole there. All right. Well, back to the game, Chow. So you're talking about Warren Hill and how well he played in that game because the shots on goal, I believe at the end of the first quarter, were 21 to 5. How were you guys feeling at that point, knowing that, you know, you pretty much owned the first quarter for the most part? Defense, obviously only giving up five shots on goal, was humming. You guys are getting your scoring chances. Warren Hill is making some, like, kick saves <laughs> that were, you know, I think if you're a Halifax fan, you were loving every second of it going, these saves are incredible because they were. They were, like, you know, just like these highlight or these kick save and a beauty type, you know, almost like hockey saves. And he's pulling those out. And if you're a rock fan, you're like, "Uh oh, this guy looks pretty hot and dialed here. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I think our mindset, we're, we're happy with the production we're getting. We're getting, uh, you know, some good looks. And um, like you said, Warren Hill was just kind of standing on his head and just kind of goes back to sticking with it. And, um, you know, just going out there and, and doing the things that we were doing well. And, um, you know, just because they weren't going in doesn't mean, uh, you know, we, we can't not take those shots, I guess. So, um, yeah, offensively that. And on the other end, watching Rosie and, and the D do what they do best is, is just fun to watch them play defense and push the ball in transition. And, um, yeah, I could I could watch them all day. As that game progresses on, um, were there points in that game where you felt like these guys just won't go away? You know, like it, it kind of felt like that from above at times, you know, and they're, you know, pulling the goalie late and it, it seemed like, you know, we ended up on the right end of everything there getting those empty net goals late. But it did, it kind of felt like watching it, like these guys aren't quitting and surely they're drawing on the experience of last year when they were down by a boatload and took the lead in the fourth quarter that, you know, these guys, you know, were sure you surely had to be drawing on that. Hey guys, like remember last year, like we're not dead yet. It doesn't matter what it says on the scoreboard kind of thing. You know, were there any point where you're like, well, these guys just go away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like you always want the team to go away, but um, you know, especially it's playoffs, you know, you're not going to have a team that's going to go away. You're going to fight till the bitter end. And, um, you know, it's just those moments, right? We, the guys stepped up in those big moments and, and shut the door when they need, needed to. And, um, you know, slowing the runs down. <laughs> you see TD just gassed on one shift and Greg Downing goes out there, just pinches pop one of, or I guess statistically, I guess one of the best in, in the league and goes down and buries one. And that just, that fires you off on the bench watching, you know, that just a savvy veteran go out there. I don't know how many faceoffs he's taken in his time, but just a little pinch and pop and go and score an empty netter and it was big. So it was so clean. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like there wasn't anybody out there trying to stop him. Like yeah. even when he got up with the ball, it was almost ever I feel like the crowd even reacted, whoa, like that was easy. Like there have been some like ridiculous battles through the night and I think people who, you know, paid they know just what the face off battles have been like between T D and Withers and and then it was like downing just boop, and <laughs> it was go. just all alone. Because yeah. nobody was back, you know, Halifax needed to go forward and advance the ball, so if the draw did go the other way, they were they were done anyways, right? So um, 
yeah, it was it was kind of a weird thing. But you mentioned guys stepping up, and we've made reference to this on social media as well. And Matt Sawyer mentioned it in his post game comments. But uh, playoff Manzi, playoff Manzi, hello. I think I think he wants to be called Zeke Reps. Reps. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where does that come from? Well, like, Did you when, just make it up right now? No, okay. no. Um, we, uh, when we were all living together, um, we'd play NHL and create our teams. I think we talked about this like episodes ago, but yeah. um, we used to get custom teams and we'd have one player on our team who would be like a custom player, you know, like the 99 overall. Yeah. Um, and uh, his guy's name was Zeke Rips. So. It's just funny, and he would lead like he'd be high up in the points and stuff. So it's just funny. Zeke grips, yeah. Uh, Manzi though, the baby shark. But it was awesome. It was great. Like we've kind of talked about it a lot through the year, and even when we had him on the podcast, it was like almost like when's it going to happen? When's he going to get off the Schneid here and have one of these big games? And he certainly picked a good time, and and the goal he scored when he got knocked down and got up again. Yeah. Never gonna keep him down. <laughs> See, I can do the lyric thing yeah. too, Chow. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. That was great. Like that was awesome because that was almost like a pissed off goal, right? Yeah. Like it was like, okay, I got knocked down. Give me the ball again. I'm gonna put this through the goalie. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the videos I feel like that close up one where it's like you just kind of see Zach and. Uh, like his upper body or whatever, but yeah, you see him get knocked down and then he just instantly gets back up. And I mean, Keo with the great pass, just throwing it to him while he's getting up pretty much. And Zach just catch and shoot. It's a great shot. It's a cool video. And I'm just happy for him. And um, yeah. It was great in that moment too, because I thought when he got knocked down, he could have kind of like got up slow. Yeah. Right. But it was almost like he had this, like some light went on. And it was like, no one is around me. Yeah. If I get up again right away, I'm going to have a wide open rip here. And Zeke Rips <laughs> showed up <laughs> and and buried it there. And it was, uh, again, I mean, the crowd, they get into the baby shark thing. The Rock City dancers had the inflatable sharks out there dancing around, like almost like they were swarming, <laughs> like swimming around people down there at the end of the rink. It was, uh, it's pretty cool. So we're hoping we hear that song a lot again on Saturday night. And, uh, you know, if you're at the game on Friday night, rock city, any fans feel free to get up and just do the baby shark. Even if the song's not playing, if Mancy scores <laughs> on uh, Friday night, he'll love it. He will love it. He will love it. He loves that song. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get enough of it. That's why he kept scoring. Mm. Um, so let's talk about the bandits then let's move on. Let's we've, uh, We've been looking forward to this rematch, I think, again, for a long time. I know in this week's practice report, you talked a little bit about this is, you know, the third year in a row, you know, that we've played a uh, East final that we have played against the Bandits. And is this the Toronto Rocks time? Because that seems to be the thing I keep hearing around is that, you know, the Bandits have had their opportunity and, you know, have, have made it to the finals and that and, you know, I, you're never given anything here in this situation. Obviously, you have to go out and earn it. But do you feel like now with the experiences that you guys have had in recent years, do you feel like now this is kind of your time that this team is ready to take that next step? For sure. I think we're ready to take that next step. But, I mean, if you ask them that question, they'd probably say the opposite. And they beat us last year and they're in the championship. And um, 
you know, they could say the same thing about that. So it's just, you know, two good teams. And, um, you know, we have three chat, three chances, opportunities, I guess, to, to win two and, and move on and secure a spot where we want to be and where we've worked so hard to, to get to. So, um, I mean, it's a, it's going to be a battle. It always is. And, um, you know, we're, we're excited for it. Now, what about preparation here for the back-to-back? I mean, this is a new situation. We've talked about it throughout the year of the back-to-back uh, games one and two being on the same weekend. There could have been a travel date, but both teams agreed. Nope, because the travel's short and we want to get this thing going. It's Friday night, Saturday night, back-to-back, up and down the QEW. It's only about an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes between the two arenas. Um how does your preparation change? I mean, it must change a little bit knowing that you're going to be playing back-to-back games and uh, even though the travel is going to be, you know, pretty short. Yeah, I mean, just post-game, I think that'll be the biggest thing and obviously being as hydrated as possible going into the weekend, it's, um, yeah, it's going to be a grind. Uh, back-to-back, I don't I don't think we had one all year um, besides, you know, that little day in between. So, um it is what it is, but yeah, preparation-wise, you know, you have to be good to your body early and before it even happens. And obviously, post-game, probably jump in the ice, ice fast, and you know, freeze a little bit. But <laughs> um, you know, it'll all be worth it at the end. Well, that's great. That is great to uh, put that bow on that whole thing. Um, all right, so let's step away from uh, talking about the Toronto Rock for a moment, and let's uh, let's venture outside. Uh, the pro world a little bit. And just before we were getting on here, you know, you guys are still putting in work here. We'll call it in the lacrosse community. And we we're kind of talking about something else, a bigger project that we don't need to go into right now necessarily. But I mean, you're still working with guys doing one-on-ones and, and stuff like that here as a, as a part of your day job at the track. Like what's that like still, you know, doing that. And are some of the young guys coming in here, are they just like, so a big game. <laughs> like, are they still focused on learning from you when they're coming in and want to be like, Oh, okay, well I'm, I'm kind of working with the captain, the drawer <laughs> and they got big games here this weekend. It's like, you know, is the perspective there, I think for everybody, like, uh, to be honest, I feel like I usually get a rundown of how the game went from <laughs> a different perspective, every individual, but, um, no, it's great to kind of step, step away from, um, you know, I get not the stress, but you know, the, the thought of the weekend and, and things like that. And, um, you know, just kind of teach the game at an elementary level. And, um, yeah, it's a bit, everyone I work with, all the kids have been unbelievable and, and great. And, um, you know, I, I love teaching them and, you know, I just hope they, they love learning is for me. What is the biggest thing you're kind of like trying to pass on? to the players and you know we don't have to name names or anything like that but when you're working with like a junior aged player so to speak like what is it that you're trying to focus on with them is it like is there lots of the mental part of the game talked about is it like you're saying taking care of your body going into games is it you know specific skill development situational stuff on the floor i know i've thrown almost everything <laughs> at you. i'm sure it's a combination of everything but yeah. how, how do you approach these one-on-one sessions it it is a little bit of everything it, it really depends I, I get to work with a lot of these kids a long kind of period of time so um you know and i get to watch some of their games which is even better so um you know i think it just kind of depends on 
what I'm feeling they should learn that day. And depending on, um, you know, kind of their development before that point, um, just kind of, you know, maybe they've really done a great job at, you know, shooting a good overhand shot. So maybe the next step is maybe mixing in a sidearm shot or things to, like that. But, um, you know, the other side of it is, like you said, like the situational stuff, especially with a junior player, you want to get them the reps and, and that'd be a big part of it. But I think the other side of is it, or sorry, the other side of it um, is talking about the situations and, and what you can kind of put your defender in and, um, you know, where you should kind of be looking and getting your body in certain spots. But yeah, no, it's, it's cool to kind of have something different every single time I see them. It's exciting. And uh, I know we were talking about some other stuff before we went on air, but um, it is certainly something that is super unique to our sport at the pro level that, you know, here in Ontario in our own backyard, you know, this opportunity exists for, um, you know, minor lacrosse, youth players, junior age players to come in here and learn from the pros one-on-one. And I don't think that happens <laughs> in any other professional sport that you can't walk down to Scotiabank Arena and say, I'd like to have a one-on-one today with Mitch Marner. <laughs> Where do I sign up? What's the availability, right? Like, does that ever, you ever think about it that way? That it's like, wow, this is, this must be pretty cool for the kids. Yeah, no, I think I, uh, early on, maybe not, but I think now maybe a little bit. Um, but I mean, that, that kind of has nothing to do with, I feel like me, I just kind of like teaching them and, but put the shoe on the other foot when you were yeah. a kid. Like, who was the guy that you looked up to, like, out in BC that was like, you probably would have done anything to spend an hour on the floor with that guy and just have him teach you what to do? Uh, I mean, it was, to be honest, it's probably Doily. And it's kind of cool how it kind of, <laughs> to be honest, like, really? Yeah. Well, I was a big senior Adnax yeah, guy. That's and right. Yeah, I we've would, talked about that. Yeah. I'd go to all those games every Saturday night at the Palace. But, um, yeah, no, he was definitely one of those guys that I, I looked up to, and it's kind of funny how it comes full circle. He's he's teaching me now, which is, you know, I just had to wait a, wait a few years. But, um, yeah, I think, I guess as I was older, they weren't pro yet, but, you know, I got to watch a lot of it and play with, I guess. But growing up, there was just this team a um, few years older than me with, like, Marty Dinsdale, uh, Robert Church, Ben McIntosh, like, I don't know if they lost a game their entire career, maybe tied one. <laughs> like they were just like the, yeah the peak of Coquitlam lacrosse and watching them play a lot of the time was, was super cool. And yeah, I mean, sorry, I went on a little tangent there, but no, it's very true because you say that. Um, and you know, sometimes even with the, uh, the Junior B Bulldogs in Halton Hills, the team that I'm involved in, we're sitting there talking to some players as they're they're coming into this season. And, you know, they start mentioning guys that played for the team only like two or three years ago. And then you forget, okay, two or three years, but then they played five years of junior. And then they're like, okay, eight years ago, seven years ago, you know, this guy now who's say 20 years old or 19 years old was only 12 or 13 then watching that guy. And, you know, they're talking about, oh, I saw this guy play and he was larger than life. And I thought he was like unbelievable. Like one guy even said, you know, I thought he was like Wayne Gretzky, like, right. Like watching these guys on a, you know, a Saturday night locally. So, um, you know, to put that in perspective, just at the junior level, you think, okay, that's super cool. But now you're at the pro level and you've got this connection with, uh, the youth and, and whatnot here in Ontario. It's, uh, 
it's pretty amazing. It's pretty cool. And I think it's a, an un, under the radar part of everything. Sometimes it goes on around here. It's just that um, connection that the pros have with the, with the young players. And we see it at the junior NLL tournament. It carries on into, into that as well. And rock elite league and everything else that goes on here. So it's, uh, it's all pretty cool. Are there any kids that you have been working with for a long time here that have now either rose to prominence as, you know, great junior players or even been drafted at the NLL level? Are there any guys that have kind of come through the ranks with you here? Uh, not yet. I feel like, um, you know, I, I started here, what, five, six years ago, um, just kind of coaching and doing stuff. And, um, all those kind of kids that I was with a lot were younger and I guess now they're going into midget and, um, some of them are getting drafted, I guess, to junior, but not quite, uh, like the pro level, I guess. Um, one guy I kind of worked with for a good amount of time, uh, he committed to UMass Lowell, Noel Marshall. I mean, yeah. Doggies. Dog connection. <laughs> um, but no, I, I worked with him a little bit and just, uh, you know, to see him get to where he wanted to get to and, and play Division One lacrosse is super rewarding. And, um, you know, just to kind of see his growth since I've been around him. So there you go. Shout out Marsh. Yeah, there you go. Shout out Marsh. Um, <laughs> and he scored on me one, one day. <laughs> scored one on night. you yeah no okay random story i guess yeah. uh junior rock elite league there's wasn't a goalie uh someone didn't tell someone goalie didn't show up um and then the people's goalie got called on and i was just <laughs> i was coaching the next game and um I, right. I, I don't know the leafs were were on or something i was watching a game and uh i think rosie came in and was just like hey can you play goalie right now and i'm so in i jumped in there and wasn't wasn't the worst but definitely wasn't the best and yeah he scored on me a few times wow that is a good story yeah good little story way to shoot marsh all right um all right do we want to uh want to jump in any uh what you're watching not really watching anything Okay. Actually, you know, one thing I was going to say, because I was sending an email to somebody, you're going to be doing a radio radio interview Thursday morning. So it will have already happened by the time this gets out there. But, um, and I always have to remind people that you're, how your name is pronounced. Mm-hmm. Challen. Yep. Like challenge. I always put yep. in all my emails. Yes. What is the history with you behind the name Challen? And, is there any like meaning to it? Like, how was it? Yeah, uh, it was my mom's uh, uncle's name. Oh, yeah. Okay. She used to call him Uncle Chubbs, and his name was Challen. Did you say Uncle Chubbs? Yeah. Oh, okay. Challen, Chubbs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Do we know anything about what the, what it means or anything? Uh, I think I looked it up once, what it meant, but I actually don't off the top of my head. Yeah. Don't me to look it up. Uh, you don't have to necessarily. I was just thinking like, and and we talked about some uh, mispronunciations of T.D. Erland's name. Yeah. What about you? Oh, I've gotten everything. Substitute teachers were just the worst because it's like, obviously being in a class, you'd go down the list of names and you just know when you're after and you know when you're coming up and it, it was always kind of funny to see what they'd say. Sometimes, I mean, I think a lot of times you get, you must get Kalen 
Kalen, yeah. Chalen. Chalen is a big one. Sometimes it kind of creeps out in the NLL games. Yeah. <laughs> and I get a little bit like, uh, really? Okay. But hopefully everybody's got it ready to ready to go this weekend. I've got, yeah. <laughs> I've gotten everything. Like, like you could say something that starts with a shh, and I've probably gotten it before. Like, I feel like they see the cha, and then they just give up. And it just, who knows what comes out next. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you're still not watching anything? Nope. Hmm. Just uh, the Wrexham show. What is that? That's Ryan Reynolds and... Yep, Rob McElhaney. Just like the backstory of kind of what's going on. And um, it's like a behind-the-scenes type thing. It's pretty interesting. Is it awesome? Yeah, I like it. I feel I was listening to a podcast of some kind in the last 24 hours, and they were talking about it, and I can't remember it. I... I hadn't really heard too much about it, but somebody was raving about it, and I thought maybe I should yeah. dial into it. What uh, What Those is it on? Funny. Disney Plus. Disney Plus. See, I'm not a big Disney Plus guy. I think that's my problem. Yeah. No, I'm not either. And then I went on there the other day, and I was like, oh, this kind of looks good. And, oh, this looks good. And might be a Disney Plus guy now. Hmm. All right. I'm just waiting for Netflix to update and get some more things out there. I think there's a show. <laughs> I think there's a I show on that, that you need to. Uh, you don't need to worry about any updates. Uh, True. Night Agent, I think it's called. Yeah, it's oh. good. It's good. It's good. You know, we're talking actually here. Uh, Rosie was getting ready to step in, and when we didn't do the podcast yesterday, Rosie was really he was on about the podcast yesterday. I don't know, and even today he comes in and he says, "So did you guys do it?" And I'm like. <laughs> Why are you so concerned with this, Rosie? <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, "Well, let me know if Chell's not uh, coming in. I'll just, uh, I'll just do it." Wants <laughs> it. Like, wow. Wow. A lot of demand now. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, everybody wants uh, wants to host their own show. I don't know. Josh, uh, sorry, Josh Dalek wants to j- jump on. He does. Eh? Okay. Yeah, he brought that up to my attention. So- <laughs> So, but you, so, okay. So we missed out on Craig this week, Josh. We well, I told, I told Josh to come forward and we'll do it. And, um, he's like, no, he said, oh. he says he's more of an off season guy. He, he said he can't be the guy to build up the, this weekend. Going into the playoff game. Yeah. Okay. Fair, fair. New yeah. guy on the team. Young guy. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Hey, it doesn't matter, but yeah, I right. wanted to wait. So that's fair. So we're going into this playoff game this weekend. We'll, we won't go, we won't jump around too much here, but like what uh, I asked Rosie this question the other day, the last time he was on too, but I think it just, it's kind of a, to me anyways, a good question, but just like, what is it? And maybe there is no deep answer to this. If there is, it'll be great. But what is it about this, you know, playoff rivalry, these games coming up, what is it that gets you excited about playing playoff lacrosse? What is it about these games? Um, for, for the chance to move on. Um, <laughs> okay, better answer. <laughs> uh, no, um, what gets me excited about these games? Um, everything. Uh, just the atmosphere, just having our best against their best. And, um, you know, like your not good enough answer, just – the chance to move on uh it's a place that we haven't got to and um this rivalry rivalry with buffalo stems long before 
um, you know, I was in this league and it's just kind of tradition to have these close game battles with, with, uh, you know, this team. And, um, it's since being a part of it, it's, it's just, I remember kind of the early years, it's more, I don't really understand the rivalry. I mean, obviously a little bit I do cause you know, the tradition and everything and, um, the history of, of the rivalries and stuff. And, and then after, you know, you play a year or two and you, you have those battles with them, you just, you, you feel it and you understand why it's, why it is what it is. And, um, you know, just playing them and it's the two best teams in the East just battling and, you know, that's, that's exciting. And I think, you know, great rivalries, I always feel are born out of two things. One is geography. The other are playoff matchups and Toronto Buffalo obviously have both of those things working in their favor that make this such a great rivalry. And now with, you know, the rock playing in Hamilton, the geography is even closer. You know, there should be a lot of fans traveling back and forth and probably pulling a double header this weekend. I, I think we're in for something this weekend that we've never like seen or experienced before. For whatever reason, it just seems like this year it's like the hype is there. It, this is two teams that have essentially been on a collision course since that final buzzer last year when you passed the ball to Dan Craig and he scored a fraction of a second too late, right? Like it, from that moment, it's almost been like, when are we doing this again? And it's going to start yeah. Friday night in Buffalo. And it's something that I know everybody here is very excited about. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of weird because too, like these two teams, as much as there's such a rivalry on the floor, <laughs> Behind the scenes, you know, we are so close geography-wise that as organizations, we actually work really well with each other and, and to make sure that everybody is set up well to, to compete without any, you know, other issues, we'll say, right? Without the gamesmanship and whatnot and, and everybody sets up, you know, each other and it's very accommodating, um, you know, to make sure that both teams have the best chance to kind of compete and that it's all settled on the floor and, and there's no BS, right? And uh, it, it is really all in your guys hands now <laughs> it's all up to you guys to decide this and um you know figure out who the best team is in the east for 2023 and uh i always think every time i see that 23 on this year i just think that like something's matched up <laughs> right do you ever think yeah. about that no you've never thought like this is 2023 i'm number 23 yeah it's pretty cool. destiny yeah i was thinking well, about that yeah that's your job. If you, I know I'm getting way to it, but you know, I just think like, you know, if you, if there were the opportunity for you to raise the trophy for the first time in your career was, you know, in 2023, it would be dream come true. It'd be pretty sick. Yeah. Just another that. little stupid storyline that I dream up in my head every once in a while, but uh, just something like that is pretty cool. I yeah. think so. Um, I think that'll just about do it, Chad, unless there's anything else we want to jump into here. Uh, no, there, there was something and then it just slipped out of my mind. All right. Yeah, well, why don't you think about it for a second while I do a couple ticket plugs here and, uh, don't forget the playoff pack is still available up until this weekend's game. So if you do want to commit to the playoff pack and lock in your seats for all 2023 playoff home games, the last chance to do that will be this Saturday. Playoff pack will not be available for the finals, Chell. Oh no. It will be single game pricing. So this is your last chance to lock in a little bit better pricing and uh, and be able to commit to getting that same seat. You only pay as we play. 
And uh, for more information on that, you can go to torontorock.com slash playoff pack. Or, of course, you can go to torontorock.com or ticketmaster.ca to get single-game tickets for this weekend. And you can also find tickets for Friday's game in Buffalo. If you want to head down, jump on to Ticketmaster as well. You can get tickets uh, to head down to Buffalo and cheer the boys on as well and make this a doubleheader. And uh, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait for it. It's what we've all waited for for the, you know, like I said, since literally a year ago this week or next week, I guess, technically. But, um, you know, 357 days kind of thing, 358 days, whatever it adds up to be to get to do this again. And and uh, there's nothing like playoff lacrosse when it comes down to it. Like every week is exciting. It's fun. It's all that. It's, you know, but when you get into it at this point of the year, this is this is what you remember. These are the playoff games that you um you know, you dream about and, and you want to be the hero in these games and, and uh, you know, score the game-winning goal type thing. Yeah. You you summarized it very well there. Thank I was you. going to say something after, and I'm like, no. You know, you did, you did great. <laughs> these are the moments we play for, and this group is excited. Yes. Everybody, everybody. Yeah. So – um, all right, so any information you need, it's all there at torontorock.com. Make sure you're following us on social, especially throughout the weekend. Um, depending on how these series go, um, you know, finals information, should the Rock advance this weekend, will be available um, as soon as possible kind of thing, pending results of uh, the other games and that. But we got to get there first and get the work done on Friday, Saturday, and if necessary – the following Saturday, back in Buffalo on Saturday, May the twentieth, that is when an if necessary, whoo, an oh. if necessary game three will be played uh, on Saturday, May twentieth at Key Bank Center in Buffalo. And if we get to that situation, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. If anybody's excited about game one and two, I just it's like a potential game three in Buffalo. Be big. It'd be big. Yeah. <laughs> but cross that bridge next week. Exactly, exactly. All right, Chow. Well, good luck. Thank you. Hopefully next week it's positive podcast next week that we're talking about either moving on or going to a game three. Both will be positive. Yep. Right? But let's hope positive podcast next week. Let's do it. Okay. All right, in the meantime and in between time, for the co-host, Challen Rogers, I am Mike Hancock saying we'll see you Friday night in Bandit Land, but most importantly, we will see you Saturday night in Rock City, 7 p.m., Game 2 of the NLL's East Conference Finals. Game time, 7 o'clock. If you can't make it, watch it on TSN. And we will chat next week.